Hey everybody, welcome to Media Review Pod, a variety podcast of discussions, opinions, and interviews focusing on the entertainment side of media. My name is Richard Santiago, and today we'll be talking about the new film in the Wreck-It Ralph universe franchise. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing, but anyway, um, the movie is Ralph Breaks the Internet. And it's uh, by returning director Rich Moore and co-director Phil Johnston, who also co-wrote the screenplay along with Pamela Ribbon. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Media Review Pod, or you can hit us up at our email, which is MediaReviewPod at gmail.com with any questions or comments. Now, joining me today for this chat is our guest of the day, professor of film and video game design at Washburn University. Matt Nyquist, welcome to the pod. Hi, thanks for having me. Really excited to have you here. I know it must have been difficult to be here given that, um, you know, we've been on holiday and we have like four weeks until Christmas and you guys just went through a blizzard. So thanks for yeah. being here, man. Really appreciate <laughs> no, it. <laughs> no problem. No, I've been, I'm excited to, uh, to be here for sure. It's going to be fun. Now, um, is the snow really packed? Or is it just uh, oh, yeah. melting no, away? It, it's they. So it was the craziest um, weather I've I've ever seen. And I mean, I grew up in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, they had I seventy, which is the main highway through, um, closed for most of the state. Which is it's oh, an interesting wow. highway. Yeah, I've I've never seen that happen before. Um, and they had like our exits closed off to get onto the highways, and um, basically. They, the police, I've never seen this happen either. The police departments um, were tweeting students not to come back from Thanksgiving because it was too dangerous. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was really, I, th- I felt like I was in um, like the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know, at the beginning. Right. Yes, yes. Great blizzard. <laughs> wow. But. So, so um, just to let our audience know, that blizzard almost killed this, uh, this episode uh, because you, <laughs> you, you couldn't get to the theater to watch the movie. Yeah, I was. I had it all all planned out and uh, could not. Literally, could not um, get there because they'd close the roads that I would need to to use to get to the theater. So. <laughs> yeah, well, at least the snow gets you into that Christmas spirit. Um, are you there yet? Do you celebrate Christmas? Yes. Yes. No. We um, we uh, we have the tree up. Um, I, we we put it up. Oh, right. Basically, right after um, Thanksgiving, and okay. put up all the decorations and everything but now we we love um i mean it's it's just a lot of fun especially with kids around and you know it's it really becomes i'm sure you it becomes all about them you know yeah yeah definitely definitely now do you go bombastic christmas decorations or just stick to the basics um i would i would say it's kind of a excuse me happy uh medium there's there's some uh we, we have lights on the outside we have um you know, we have the tree up and then we have things around the house, but nothing, no like laser light displays or anything out front. Okay. All right. So most of the basics. That's, that's yeah, pretty most cool. Of the basics. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. So my, my wife is the one who decorates here and she likes it. She mm-hmm. loves it actually. And I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just the muscle. <laughs> 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 or so I think, <laughs> you know, at, at least, you know, my, my, my kids uh, think I'm the muscle because they see me bringing these boxes down from the attic and they go, oh, papa, wow, tan fuerte. You know, like you're, so, you're so strong. And I'm all, yeah, yeah, kids. 
daddy is strong. Now go eat your veggies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, uh, 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 of course, inside those boxes, you, all, all I have are, are wreaths and, and, and garlands and a seasonal towel. Um, but you know, being uh-huh. a hero isn't easy, right? So right, right. No, you got to You got to take it where you can get it. Yeah. I would. My wife, honestly, I would say is stronger than I am. She's uh, <laughs> she's she's pretty amazing with all that kind of stuff. I mean, um, a lot sometimes. You know, when I'm working late or something, she'll end up having to move something we were supposed to move together um, because maybe the patience is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but now she's totally able to do it. She's uh, she's super, super strong. Always impressive. So um, how was Turkey Day? Oh, it was it was fantastic. I um, we went to my sister's who um, she's awesome with holidays. I mean, whether it's Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, had the full spread and uh, the whole family was there and um, ate way too much, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was fantastic. How was yours? Yeah, well, this year um, we decided to change it up. You know, I usually am the cook, so I brine my bird. I have a special oh, wow. recipe. Yeah, but this year we um, we went to a restaurant at uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom called Boma. It's a mm. it's a buffet style uh, kind of thing, African themed, and mm. it was fantastic. So no cooking awesome. for me this year. No cleanup afterward either, which, which was great. <laughs> anyway, a- anyway, enough of the holiday cheer. Um, so here's what we're going to do today. We'll we'll talk a little bit about what's been helping us procrastinate recently. And we'll also discuss the new movie, Ralph Breaks the Internet, followed by a top three list. But before we do that, let's tell our audience a little bit about you. You told us uh, you are from Kansas, so you were born and raised there, yes? Yes. Okay. And you went to the University of Kansas? Yes, um, for undergrad. Okay. And what what did you what was your major there? Well, I, I switched it like a hundred times, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, I ended up I, I was really interested in um, religious studies classes. I loved learning about um, things that I was familiar with, and then also things I was unfamiliar with, you know, ancient myths and and stuff like that. I thought it would be useful for storytelling, but basically. By the time, um, you know, that many years had gone by, I had enough religious studies classes to kind of graduate with that degree. Okay. Um, and so I ended up religious studies with a concentration in psychology. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> and then did you take a year off or you, did you go directly to graduate studies? Uh, pretty much. I'm trying to think of the exact time frame. So I, I think I graduated in... I took an extra semester, so I graduated in December, and then I um, actually got a corporate job um, over in Kansas City and worked that and um, basically to save money up until I moved out to California that summer. Okay. Corporate job. Yeah. I love those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> right. So then, uh, then you went to uh, US, USC to study film yeah. production and do your graduate studies there. That's, by the way, for our audience, that's where we met. Matt and yeah. I, I uh, are from the same semester. As a matter of fact, I think you were one of the first people I met uh, that, in, that, that introduction day 
that they had. Yeah. I think I think you were there. I think we sat together at a theater or yep. something like that. All right, great. I'm not I'm not going I'm not going crazy. <laughs> no, no, I was actually thinking about that um, when you asked me to do the podcast. Okay. Because I, I kind of you know when you cut things haven't happened for a while they're kind of out of your head. But instantly when when I started thinking about doing the podcast, I was like, oh wow, yeah, we were we sat by each other back way back when. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we took several classes together. As a matter of fact. Yeah. I remember so. your uh, your five hundred eight was the uh, was yours the 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 author. Oh yeah, the infamous okay. the infamous <laughs> author I short. Liked it. Oh I liked man, it. I... oh man, let's not even go there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's it's such a stressful class. Oh yeah, but yeah, I I I don't know. Yeah, that's it's one of those things where you you uh, you have a, a vision of what you want it to be and then by the end when it when you see the final product it's just man not even the music can save this i i think that's probably most of the time for creative people we just we just kind of hide those <laughs> yeah well huh. anyway uh yeah it's it's part of my resume so it's there mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so thanks no, for bringing that up i mean i liked it <laughs> no no honestly i liked it um i remember well, thank you uh, I remember it um, being one of the better ones in the class. So. Yeah. Well, so as a matter of fact, so you told me, um, we were chatting before, you told me Anna James was one of your partners, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. No, she was um, She was my partner in 508. I produced her um, short called Gaia. All right. So uh, we had her on the pod a couple of months back, and she brought up the fact that, you know, being from the same semester is kind of like, being a part of a, a, an extended family. Yeah. So, so it's pretty cool that, you know, we can call up each other and do these types of, these types of things. No, it really is. Um, unlike any other, I mean, I, you know, I think you go through like 508 stressful times together and you, you form a bond, but I mean, the friends that I made, um, at USC grad school, I mean, those are really the friends I probably talked to, I mean, the most, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't really, um, living here, most of my friends I either went to undergrad with or grew up with are no longer here. So most of my friends are kind of remote friends. Right. So, um, so you went to California to go to USC, mm -hmm. you did your graduate yeah. degree and how did you end up back in Kansas? So it's actually kind of a crazy story. So I, I was out there, um, I ended up working in total, out in the industry out there because I started working while we we're in grad school too, which we're encouraged to do, of course, mm -hmm. um, for about seven years. And then, um, both of my, and they're fine now. I always preface it with that. So no one gets sad because they're totally fine now, hundred percent, um, remission, but both my parents got cancer. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a, a double because my dad, you know, um, they've been watching him and he had it. And then all of a sudden my mom, you know, said that she had, cancer. And so, uh, I just decided that, you know, I didn't know how much time I had left with my parents. So I just went back home to Kansas and, um, you know, helped around in the, the family business. My dad's a pharmacist, so he owns a, you know, drugstore and, um, just, just helped out there. And I was planning honestly to come right back to California. In fact, I did, I, I came back out and, um, did some, some editing work and some things like that. But, um, this, this position that I have now at, at Washburn kind of 
um, basically I was, when I went out there for a brief while, I stayed with my aunt, uh, my great aunt who lives out there and she's a professor at Santa Monica college. And just after having lots of conversations with her, she thought, you know, that would be being a professor would be something I should look at. Um, and I ended up kind of finding this place where, you know, I'm able to have just so much freedom and, um, uh, the thing that really impressed me, honestly, was the students. The students are incredibly hardworking and um, uh, quite a bit of talent. And they're, you know, they're not limiting themselves just to Kansas. I mean, there's several of them that are planning to, to move out to L.A. or, you know, different places in the country. Um, so it, it, it honestly was one of those <laughs> rare situations in life where it's like, oh, I'm kind of in the right place right now. Very cool. Wow. So, so you, um, you started working at the university. Is it the Washburn International Film Institute? Yeah. So okay. we actually, I actually created that this, okay. um, this semester. So it's, um, the Washburn International Film Institute is kind of my way of, um, you know, basically the students didn't really have any sort of outlet in terms of, um, professional exposure. So launching that and then through that, launching a um, film festival where actually I think you had, yeah, Alan Holzman, our editing professor in 508, is actually going to be our key- keynote speaker um, at the at the film film festival. And, um, and it was actually partly his idea. We'd been talking about it for a while. Um, and it's, it's basically the whole idea is to give students kind of um, – their work and exposure by having outside filmmakers come in and also local filmmakers um, and also kind of running with the theme. So um, the theme this time is going to be uh, immigration, more specifically kind of DACA, but um, basically, you know, how and how immigration really relates back to freedom of speech. And, um, you know, obviously you can probably tell my bent on it. I'm very supportive of uh, of of immigration, but, mm-hmm. um, we do, you know, <laughs> but that's, that. We're, and it's all, it's the, the university itself is theming itself after freedom of expression, um, in the spring as well. So it'll, it'll go along with that. Now, is this uh, done in a committee kind of style or do you just bring it up and they, they help you do it or how does that so work? It's, it's again, I like, I, I can't, tell you how lucky I am, but my, uh, my chair, the chair of my department, Dr. Stover, um, is just absolutely amazing. I mean, you, you go to, I mean, I sure you've been in this position. We all have, you're in, you go to, you know, you're higher up with an idea and usually it feels like they're figuring out ways to tell, you no. um, but with Dr. Stover, I mean, she, I've had a few crazy ideas. Um, and this is kind of the latest one and she, <laughs> She just like, okay, let's figure out how we're going to do this. So, you know, she's helping us. Um, she's contacted all the other departments and um, we've gotten money to bring, you know, Alan in as the keynote speaker. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, the art gallery. Um, the Mulvane Art Gallery is, is supporting us. She's basically helping reach out to get all sorts of support. Um, the PBS station supporting us. So she's been um, incredibly invaluable to the, the pro. I mean, I can't even tell you how <laughs> I, I'm gushing. I know, but I just, I've never been in a position where someone's so helpful. Um, and then also in the, the department, there's um, some other professors like Dr. Grimmer has, um, she's the 
runs the PR um, side of things. And she's like, uh, she's had her, her classes always work with real world, cl world clients. And so for this semester, they're using the film festival basically as one of their clients. So the, the PR students are coming up with, you know, the, the designs and the marketing campaigns and the social media and typing up copy. And um, we have a really amazing uh, working environment where we all, you know, really support each other. And um, without them, there's no way I would be able to do this. So I'm very thankful. And you're building this film program from the ground up. Was there anything there before? I'm basically completely restructuring a lot of the way it works. And um, I'm using USC as the model, as well as kind of my experience in the industry as what's going to get people hired. Because that's basically the, the focus of our entire, um, you know, our, our larger department is we're very career oriented. We want um, our students to go out and get a job in the, the field that they want to get a job in. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, hadn't had a whole lot of success with that in the past in terms of the film area, but the other areas definitely have. Um, so really structuring, you know, like our, our production one class, I very much structure after the dreaded 508. Right. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, I, our final advanced production class, I very much structure after 546. And, and by the way, for, for our listeners, um, when we say these numbers, number classes, so 508 is basically the intermediate production class, right? Where you yeah. have you have a team of three and you yeah. you interchange your positions. So for one project, one is a producer, the other one's the director, the other one's the editor and cinematographer, and then you you guys rotate. 546 is mm -hmm. basically um, the advanced production class. It's a really big class. And you have three short films that are going to be made. Everybody has to kind of be vetted, right? Because yep. it's not like you can just sign up for it. You have to be chosen and pitch yourself to see uh, what position you can you can do for, for that mm -hmm. specific short film. And then everybody gathers together once the teams are, are formed and uh, just make the movie come watch dailies, get uh, criticisms from everybody, not only the professors, but each and every student, and try to make the best out of all three. So everybody's pitching in ideas to help either make the stories better or help fix the editing or help fix the sound. Um, and that's an entire semester of just that. So whenever, yep. whenever Matt's saying these numbers, just so the audience know, um, that's what we're talking about. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry I'm sorry to interrupt. That. I should have. I always forget that people don't know what <laughs> all all right. those numbers stand for. But the so for the for the um, advanced production class, I I do it similarly, but a little different. Basically, I accept scripts from anyone in the entire university because um, there's some really bright writers in the English department too, and I don't want to exclude them or you know anyone anyone that has an idea. Um, and then all those scripts. Um, are available then to everyone that's actually enrolled in advanced production. And then they get into director, producer duos, which is, you know, similar to what we did at SE. Mm -hmm. And then they actually pitch those, they pitch the script and they could write one too, if they want, or they could, you know, pick one of the ones that have been written. Um, but they, the director and producer, they pitch that to the class. And then after all the pitches are done, the class then votes on which production to do. 
um, and then after that vote is done, then, um, you know, the director producer, then they crew out the positions with the class members kind of, so pretty, pretty similar, but also different. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Now for this, um, for this, uh, film festival, is it going to be accessible to the public? Yes, absolutely. And, um, to, in, in line with our freedom of speech thing, um, this, we're not completely sure going forward, but this time it's going to be completely free to both attend and submit. So, um, okay. if you go to, uh, it's the official website is almost done, but it is up on film freeway. If you go to filmfreeway.com um, slash Wi-Fi film festival, W U. Okay. Um, and your listeners are, you know, welcome to submit their films. And um, there's a, a ton of different categories that they could submit them for. Um, okay. But, and what are what are the dates that uh, you're gonna have this this festival? 11th through the 13th okay. of April. Of April. Okay. Ooh. Mm. You got Game of Thrones coming up in April. I don't know about know. that, man. <laughs> I know. We're going we're gonna to change the, the date for next year. Honestly, it was limited to um, venue, actually being able to rent out or um, have the venue available mm -hmm. for the times. That was pretty much the only time we could do it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, people can DVR Game of Thrones. They can't DVR yeah. a film festival. So, right, right. so if, if you're in the area of Topeka, Kansas, uh, at that time, be sure to stop by and check out what the students of Washburn International Film Institute have created. Okay, so now on to what's been helping us procrastinate these past few days. I'll start with, with one that honestly really surprised me. The Haunting of Hill House. Yes. Um, I, I, you know, I was expecting kind of your typical haunted house type show, and there definitely are those elements to it, but to me, what makes that show so strong are the um, the family dynamics and the family relationships like that's why I kept watching. What exactly about? I mean, I don't I don't want you to give any spoilers, but what exactly right. about the family dynamics was was so interesting to you? Well, it's so, uh, and again, I won't give any spoilers at all because I don't. It, it the the discovery of different things I think is a, a big part of it. Okay, but um, you uh, a tragic event happens to the family pretty early on. And that tragic event has um, huge, huge ramifications for all the members of the family because um, there's, I think, God, five, five or six kids. Um, but huge ramifications for each one of the, the kids and very different ramifications. I mean, um, you know, one of them becomes a drug addict, which is probably the one that you could expect. Um, but the other the other ones um, are pretty pretty interesting um, and the, the way that they interweave kind of the the effect of the tragic event and the grief and the depression and the anxiety that follows that interweaving that with the haunting aspect and the the kind of paranormal stuff which mm -hmm. um almost becomes window dressing to the family really um, oh in interesting my interesting but it It works out, um, you know, really well. And I think it, I feel like it kept, stayed away from being too schlocky and, um, but no, I, I really, really liked it a lot. And I was surprised because I, I wasn't expecting it to like it as much as I did. How about you? Okay. So, so, um, before we go into it, uh, I just want to say, um, Netflix has a tendency of making shows 
which um, have a couple of episodes that are pretty awesome. And then they drag it out for 13 yeah. episodes. And by yep. the end, you're going, why, why are you guys doing this? Yep. Um, so that's how I felt about Stranger Things. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I liked the, uh, the first season. I haven't seen the second season. Um, I know I'm, I'm behind, but whatever. Uh, so you're going to kill me for, 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 uh, for, for this. Um, but I decided to watch house of cards instead of stranger things or the haunting of Hill house, but whatever. Um, so house of cards, have you seen it? Yes. I, I, I really like that as well, actually. Okay. Um, did, so did you watch it till the end? I haven't. Um, I think I've seen at least a couple seasons. Um, okay. I was I was really binging it for a while, and then I got busy, and then I just haven't gotten back into it yet. Okay. So House of Cards was the uh, the first really big hit for Netflix. Um, it was the first show from Netflix that actually got some awards buzz for the Emmys. Um, it has uh, really good acting. Um, you have Robin Wright, you have Kevin Spacey, among others. Um, so that first season was pretty fantastic. Uh, I think that the conceit yeah. that they break the fourth wall, they talk to the audience, um, that's pretty cool. They have, um, they have a, a, a family dynamic as well. You have a protagonist, which is actually the antagonist. And you find yourself rooting for him. Uh, so th that type of show is very, very intriguing to me. And that first season, I think, captured um, what I really liked about the, you can say, like a, a White House drama. Mm -hmm. um, but then season two came along. And I was watching it, but I was dragging my feet because I wasn't really into it. And mm -hmm. then season three came along. And I gave up. I said, no, no, I'm not watching this. We're, yeah, it, I, I felt like, you know, and that's the thing with a lot of the Netflix shows is they, they um, and it, like you hit the nail on the head with what you said. They, it's like they have this great idea for a movie or a TV series, but they have to stretch it right. too far. And that's been my issue with basically everything that they did and they they did do that with hill house a little bit i mean there is a little of that i felt like it was less before but yeah i have to agree with you that first season of house of cards was just um fantastic and i don't i've always it's unfortunate you know obviously the the stuff you know that came out about kevin spacey but he's always been one of my his performances have always been great i've always really liked him mm -hmm. as an actor up until you know What came out about him came out yep. um but you know american beauty's always been one of my top five favorite movies and he's so great in that yeah, well then, as, as a matter um, of fact american beauty i credit as one of the movies that helped me choose my career nice so yeah i i i, I always had uh kevin spacey as uh, one of my favorite actors unfortunately he couldn't Uh, be associated with the show anymore and you know mm -hmm. I don't blame the producers at all I mean, uh, and they, they had to scramble for this uh, last season 
And it shows. It shows. I, I, I finished watching the show. Uh, I was intrigued uh, because they had to rewrite everything. And the, the way the show transforms into a soap opera is... Oh my god! It's it's I don't know I don't I don't even know how to describe it because you're you're watching a really cool drama unfold in, in the first season and then it, it devolves into just very long pauses and very long stares and very long monologues and mm-hmm. you're just watching a, a, a telenovela right um, yeah and this this entire show just kind of crumbled for me. Um, and then by the final season, everybody's talking to camera, not only the Kevin Spacey character who doesn't even show, by the way, that's, that's one of the creative things that I admired about the show. They, they were able to inject the show with the character of Francis without having him either be there or, or even his voice. There's a subplot of his voice coming in at certain points but you never hear it. The, the the characters in the show hear it, but you never hear it. Interesting. Um, so, you know, I, I, I wouldn't rush to watch it, but if you've seen a couple of seasons, it wouldn't hurt to just, you know, finish it. I want to check out, I mean, it honestly sounds like Jaws, like how they couldn't get the shark to work. <laughs> <laughs> right. They, they right. just had to do different things to make the shark's presence felt. Yeah, yeah. And I admire them for that. Um because it, it, it really took guts to to shut everything down and rework everything. So um, moving on, you have kids, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I have kids as well. And there's, there's another Netflix show uh, for kids. It's called Larva. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> on the TV all the time. <laughs> all right. So so for our audience, uh, these are shorts compiled into episodes uh they come from south korea i believe and these mm-hmm. are gross out tunes i mean mm-hmm. if you think ren and stimpy were gross these guys they they they, they poop all over the place they fart all over yep. the, oh my but my kids love it um <laughs> uh they're uh, seven and five so i mean they're, they're kind of in that sweet spot of gross out cartoons um i I don't know how how do you feel about them um you know i like it better than spongebob yes (laughs) Um, i i i you know and i i'm i know there's people and even adults that like it but i just i absolutely cannot stand spongebob (laughs) it 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 drives me crazy i mean I, i went and i sat through the movie for the kids yes it was it was tough (laughs) it was tough um but no back to larva um i you know it's definitely gross out and it's definitely immature in a lot of ways um but i feel like it's better than a lot of the other options they could i mean it's better than watching people open toys on youtube for 10 hours oh my god or or (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) or watch them make play-doh Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I definitely it shows my generational um difference because that's just not interesting at all yeah. to me. But no, I, I, I like it. Um, you know, it it's uh it's it's a lot easier for me to watch than um some of the other things. And it, I am 
very surprised at the gross out humor um, because it does go pretty far in a yep. lot of places. Yeah. But um, as long as, you know, they don't replicate it in real life, then I, I'm OK with it. Right, right, right. And, and you know, my kids, they laugh out loud with all these farts and poop yes. jokes and stinky yes. smells. Um, and they, they even rewind stuff so that I can see them. They, they, they call yep. me and they say, hey, hey, dad, come check this out. And they'll rewind it yep. and they'll put it for me. Oh, my God. Um, but That's it's, exactly what they did to me. That's how <laughs> I, I first saw the, the, <laughs> that they farted on each other. I, I didn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you know, what I find cool about about the, this this show is that, first of all, the first episodes, the animation is pretty crude um, as far mm -hmm. as detail and, and movements. But they, they were able to, to infuse these uh, two larvae, the, the red one and the yellow one, with Abbott and Costello kind of uh, personalities, which was pretty cool. And it's, it's a, an ongoing relationship, so... All throughout the episodes, they're kind of like that. Um, there was one that was really good where, uh, and I, I can't remember, but the, um, the, the Abbott and Costello, there's a third character that comes into play. And one of them think, you know, they kind of stop being friends and become friends with the, the one becomes friends with this new one. And then the other one's left out. Um, and there's some actual real emotion that yeah. the kids felt. Yeah. Um, when seeing that, you know, being left out, then of course it's all reconciled at the end and then they're all three friends. Um, but so there's, you know, besides the really crude stuff, there is some, some decent stuff interspersed throughout as well. Yeah. And the, the other thing is they don't speak. It's all right. facial expressions and the way the animation goes. And by, by, by the time that you get to the, the latter seasons, you see the animation get a lot better. Um, and they start mm -hmm. parroting movies. They they parody the Avengers. They parody yep. Voltron. Um, and I think you know, even like like you said, even though it's uh, it's it's gross out, it, there are episodes that kind of transcend that and become something else, which I think it's it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's move on from the gross out stuff. Uh, and there's another thing that I'd like to talk about, and it's Dido's new album. Um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, it's called Still On My Mind. It's coming out next year. And she announced it uh, a couple weeks ago and dropped the new single, Hurricanes, on YouTube. I don't know how you feel about Dido, but I absolutely love her. Uh, I've, I've, I've always, been... Yeah, go ahead. I, I've never... I, I can't say that I'm like a huge fan, but I, I've always liked her voice. I mean, um, her voice is always really cut through and I thought it sounded very um, pleasant. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, I think uh, she she is able to, to kind of mix her voice because uh, she's a really good singer with electronic music in the yes. background and acoustic music. So, um, you know, I've been a fan since No Angel and I just really enjoy everything she does. So if you're a fan... Go check out her new single, Hurricanes. It's on YouTube. And let us know in the comments if you liked it. All right. Anything any, anything else uh, that uh, you want to talk about? Um, besides that, honestly, I, um, I've, I've always... I mean, I like all video games, modern and old. Um, but as a parent and as, you know, an adult and having so much to do, um, playing old games has become 
even more appealing to me because you can, you can sit down and, you know, play for, you know, if you just have like a 10 or 15 minute break, you don't have to worry about updating and um, right. connecting and, you know, doing all that stuff with my, which I of course like when I have time. Um, but I, uh, I've really gotten into that. There's a YouTube channel, a um, couple of them, uh, my life in gaming, which really focuses on how to actually play your old systems on modern TVs and everything. I mean, it's way better than it ever looked for us. <laughs> nice. Cause all this crazy stuff that people, you know, hobbyists have, have worked on. So anyway, I've been mm -hmm. um, really, really into that uh, playing tons of old games, but um, it, it's such a, a powerful thing. I mean, whether you're talking about like the Super Nintendo classic or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, nostalgia, um, being able to, it's like a time machine, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's like you're transporting back to, you know, being seven years old and, having nothing else to do but play games all day for just, you know, that brief period. And it's, it's an amazing feeling. Yep. Yep. I agree. So speaking of nostalgia, let's jump into our next segment, which is the feature segment with a discussion of Ralph breaks the internet. But before we talk about the movie, let's talk a little bit about record Ralph, which actually has a lot of nostalgia in it. So oh um, my gosh. did you like it when it came out? So I, when I first saw Wreck-It Ralph and what and it was coming out, I honestly, everyone was saying, oh, it's going to be so cool. I was really underwhelmed by the trailer and all that. stuff. I was not expecting it to be good. Um, but honestly, I, I watched it and I really like um, the final product. I loved, uh, I think it's a lot of fun. I thought they did um the cameos and all the different video game characters really well and i mean basically it's toy story for video game characters right um yeah and it's and it's it's awesome though it's i, I feel like it's well executed um and I, I i like i think you know in terms of being a, a movie that's mostly made for kids i feel like it's pretty enjoyable so i like the first one okay um well same same as you when i saw that initial trailer i was a little bit put off by it um just mm -hmm. because i've never been a first person shooter kind of guy and i i saw i saw there was a section that was kind of like that and i go mm -hmm. i'm gonna pass mm -hmm. on this yep but dude after i saw that movie i i just i loved it and yeah. you know what i i've heard from people who who are gamers um, that they were they were upset because they didn't use the IPs, the intellectual property characters, um, more in the movie. But look, I think this script is almost a perfect one. I'm not gonna say it's perfect, but for me, from my point of view, it has everything that I want in a script. You know, it, it's a movie about video games, but not really. Um, like I said, people were pissed off because of uh, the, the quote-unquote bad use of IP in the movie. Um, I, but I think that uh, they're great. I mean, they they have Street Fighter and they mm -hmm. have Sonic and they have Pac-Man, yep. but the story is not about them. They're there right. and they help fill out this 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 world and make it tangible and 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 make it real and and help all these uh people who have come to know these characters 
uh, understand that they all live within this world. Um, but from my perspective, those IPs were there were peripheral to the story. And it's a story about video game characters in a in a video game world with other video game characters, but the story is just not about them. Um, right. And I, I like. I like that because it it um I think that that's tempting when you're writing a script um especially if you're incorporating IPs like that to overuse them or overfeature them but I I feel like what Wreck-It Ralph did was use them as a credibility standpoint. I mean right. it, to me it brings the character, you know, Fix It Felix Rick right, is the game and it and it, it 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 brings that so it, it kind of makes it stand with all those other IPs, the real games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's like it, a Donkey Kong kind of game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, I, I just feel like it gives it a, an air of credibility and it really brings it into to that world. So I, I thought it was a good use. I mean, I, I feel like they could have schlocked, uh, using that word a little too much, but kind of, <laughs> they, they could have they cheapened it, I think, by over-relying on those IPs. Yeah, Um well, here's here's what I like. You know, it's a movie about an outcast, which, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we can all relate about that. Yep. Um, it's a guy who thinks that he doesn't belong and how he learns to appreciate what he has with with the help of another outcast who doesn't even have a game. And and they both learn their places in, in, in those games and their roles. But they also learn that those roles are not what define who they are, right? That, uh, and I think that's 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 a, a great message. Um, mm-hmm. The planting and payoffs in this movie are great right up until the end. Um, especially there's there's a scene. I don't know if you've seen it recently. Have you? Oh, well, anyway, Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, yeah, I actually rewatched it um, this past week. Okay, since we're going to okay. talk about it. Okay, so so there's a scene where Ralph decides to sacrifice himself by falling straight into the Mentos Mountain. Mm-hmm. And he recites the bad Anan motto as he falls. Uh, he says, I am bad and that's good. I will never be good. And that's not bad. There's no one I'd rather be than me. So that line coupled with the music in that moment and the wonderful, wonderful animation just pulled... Well, it still pulls at my heartstrings. I think that's mm-hmm. it's great. the The movie for me it peaks right there. Um, you got to have that heart. I mean, that's what that's what really makes you care about the protagonist and um, makes it makes it more interesting. Um, yeah, and, and again, yeah, it's yeah, not about the IPs. It's about it, that's what it's about. It's about Ralph and his journey and right. Is and, he a bad and, guy? And here, here's the other thing: you have the character of Vanellope who doesn't even mm-hmm. appear until the second act and you get to care for her. Right. Uh, and that's, that's another, another thing that I love about this movie. Um, you have other secondary characters like fix it, Felix and Calhoun. And you go on these side quests that, you know, it's, they're also very rewarding and it, it relates to his relationship with Ralph, the fix it Felix, uh, relationship with Ralph and how he comes to realize how important Ralph is to the game. So it's not only Ralph who realizes, um, his, his, uh, his place in this quote unquote world 
and his job. Um, but but the people who work with him also come to appreciate him for who he is, not what his character in the game is. Uh, and and they realize as well that that character in the game does not define who he is. Right. Um, and it's a really interesting twist on that, too, because, I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, the the especially with the games we grew up playing, because they were much more limited in terms of what they could pull off. You know, they couldn't use they couldn't really have actors speaking dialogue and they couldn't do, you know, a lot of the things. So they had to be really, really concentrate on the things that they did do. And so they're almost like imagination igniters. I mean, those those old games, because when you're a kid, I mean, the game isn't in when it shuts off. You think about those things. Like what, what is the bad guy doing, you know, after I've turned (laughs) off, off the system. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, and having that in the movie and having that twist of, him not being judged by that. I just, I, like you said, I agree with you completely. I think it's a fantastic idea. And again, it makes it because you could easily just, Oh, it's a movie about video games and it's going to um, pay off on nostalgia and all that. And it, it does, but it, it has such a great core story with heart mm-hmm. and um, that it, it, it really makes you like, and I think the, um, the performances by the voice actors are really good. Oh too. yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you also get uh, a bunch of Easter eggs, uh, for gamers. Yeah. Uh, you get mm-hmm. the mini games, the unfinished levels, uh, the code can kick, uh, King Candy uses to get into the mainframe and, and find Ralph's medal. Um, mm-hmm. those are great, but mm-hmm. again, they're, they're not the story. They're, they're there, um, you know, sprinkled about, but they don't define what the story is because the core story is about ralph and and his journey and then uh very important for me was the film's antagonist turbo and how he um not he how the filmmakers were able to deliver his backstory in such a way that you almost forget it by the third act and when it comes back you go what you know hopefully like the rest of the characters Mm -hmm. um so anyway, that's my long-winded way of saying that I love this movie. Yeah. Any, no, anything I like, else? I like your take on it. Anything else you want to add? Um, I mean, I think it kind of goes along with what we we're saying, but I really like the fact that they they didn't they they didn't try to force anything upon the existing IPs. You know, they didn't. They didn't try to make Sonic into something he wasn't, and they didn't right. try to, um, you know. There's there's been other like Captain N and and different things where they they take the video game characters and then they completely change them and reshape them to make them into something else. So it's nice that they were just kind of their pure selves, as eh, maybe a little more than window dressing, but there to give credibility. Yeah, yeah. You don't have any of them joining Ralph on a side quest or anything like that. Right. All right. So if you don't have anything else to say, let's move on to our feature section and talk about Ralph Breaks the Internet. For this section, we're going to have our own thoughts without spoilers, and then we're going to dive into spoilers. So here's a brief synopsis from IMDb. Six years after the events of Wrecked Ralph, Ralph and Vanellope, now friends, discover a Wi-Fi router 
in their arcade, leading them into a new adventure. All right, Matt, your thoughts, mm -hmm. no spoilers, go. So I, I liked it a lot. I mean, I, I, I do feel like I like the first one more just because the first one is more into what what I would want out of this sort of movie. I mean, the, the first one is much more focused solely on video games. Um, but I, I really like the second one as well. And the thing, I think there was a big danger of it going the way of the emoji movie, which um, is mm -hmm. really bad. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's really awful. Um, it's basically a, a huge advertisement and, and having all these different websites and, um, and really incorporating the internet in the way that it did, I think could have, it could have, again, just like with the video game stuff, it could have come off like the emoji movie and could have been really cheap and just, it just not done well. And honestly, I was a little worried about it going in. Um, but I like the idea because it's basically kind of like our generation where, um, you know, our, our kids experience media in a completely different way than we experienced media at their age. Um, you know, I mean, they, they have, they have access to everything at all times, basically. And, um, it's, it's such a complete change and having Wreck-It Ralph discover that and, um, you know, dive into all that. And, and you know, there's that, that funny moment where they, they owe money for the, um, for the eBay purchase and they don't right, really right. realize that there's, that there's money and and all that and i thought that and again i we're not doing this spoilers yet but i thought the character development with ralph was interesting and it wasn't really something that i initially saw coming um so it was it was nice to have something that was kind of a a surprise but it's i thought it was a really well done um environment of what the internet would look like if you could actually kind of stroll through it so I, th I think it's a, a worthy successor to the first one i mean i think it has a lot of the elements that made the first one strong um again i like the first one better just because it it fits towards my interests mm -hmm. a little bit more um but i i still think the second one's great okay all right so um let me preface this first by saying that even though i did uh play games uh, when i was a kid uh, I, I don't consider myself a gamer. Mm -hmm. um, I know about games. I have played games since I was a kid, but um, I was never one to be up at three o'clock in the morning playing games. Um, mm -hmm. Not only not only because um, I didn't have time, but um, my parents had a very strict rule of limiting my gaming time. So, mm -hmm. um, so there. We have that out of, out of, out of the way. Um, and let me get another thing out of the way, because I don't think I can talk about this movie without stating it. And it's that I did not like this movie at all. Really? Let, 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 me, let, let me put it this way. It was fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. My kids enjoyed it. But before I air my quibbles here, you know, here's, here's what I did like about the movie. I liked the way they integrated the internet theme um, into this whole uh, world. It was interesting. They were able to make this ethereal thing that envelops our entire lives every day into a tangible world. So kudos for that. Um, the animation was great. The way Shank's hair moves is, wow, incredible. Um, 
Shank is one of the uh, secondary characters. Mm-hmm. The racing escape scene was fantastic. That was a highlight for me. Um, the avatars were pretty cool as well, especially the way the ones in Slaughter Race looked and moved because they're kind of jittery and they move to the sides and they're not smooth like the the actual uh, characters who live in the game. Um, the voice acting was very good, especially Alan Tudyk, who voiced the uh, the search engine knows more. Mm, Even yeah. though he's there for a few minutes, I think his his voice acting coupled with the way the the, the filmmakers personified how search bars work that was pretty great. You know, because he's kind of guessing what they want to search for, um, mm-hmm. and th- that sometimes annoys me whenever I go on Google and and just type the letter O, and then it gives me a bunch of stuff that I don't even want to know about. Um, so yeah, that was that was great. Um, however, it does feel like a gag, and here's one of the big issues that I have with the movie is that everything seems like a gag, and not just a gag, but a very dated gag. Um, you know, not as bad like you said as the Emoji movie. I understand that, um, but this is Disney. I mean, it's a higher bar. So come on, this is not Record Ralph. Uh, okay, another one of the uh, the good things that I took away from the movie um, was the music. Uh, I I really liked it. Um, it didn't compare to the first one, unfortunately, but I think I think it serves the the story really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately for me, the rest wasn't as inspiring. Um, starting with the conceit of the internet. Why, why, why do we even go? And I know the, the name says it, Ralph breaks the internet, but I just think that starting with that premise is, is the wrong, well, who am I to tell them what to do? Because the movie's mm-hmm. making a bajillion dollars. But for, for me, this isn't where they should have gone. I mean, why go here? You, you had a perfectly good premise before. It's, a, it's an almost timeless setting. But, you know, it's a sequel, so everything has to be bigger, including the end. But, you know, we'll get to that later. So th- this internet setting is, uh, I don't know. It's, like I said, they had a perfectly good, perfectly good premise with the gaming world. And then wanting to go bigger into this internet world is just, I don't know. It feels like this huge, big ad. There's so many ads. You have IMDb, you have Amazon, you have Twitter, you have eBay. Come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you th- see, this is what happens when you use IPs on your movie just because you have the rights to do so. And somehow this movie felt so now that by the end, it felt dated, really dated. Mm-hmm. Um, the relationships in this movie are. And I'm sorry to say this, but they're downright insulting. I mean, we can talk about this later, but that was a really big letdown. Um, And I was going along for the ride in the beginning, but it just started going down a rabbit hole of internet references that I just couldn't follow, man. And yes, Mm -hmm. this, 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 the movie has, you know, the lesson, right? But if I'm honest, I don't think I'm on the side of the movie on this one. Uh, I don't know about you, but you know the way it gets to the lesson feels so contrived that I just didn't understand why the characters were behaving the way they were. Well, it throws out a lot of the first one in terms of Ralph's. I feel like his character. I mean, I, that is. I mean, there are definitely things that bothered me about it. Well, 
you know what? I, I don't think I can keep talking about this movie without going to spoilers. So if you have anything else to say before spoilers, go ahead. No, let's do it. All right, let's go into spoilers right now. I agree with a lot of your, your, your points, actually, in terms of um, where things went. I mean, I, I still, I really like Stella Silverman. I like her voice. Um, I, I liked the, uh, the, the, uh, the princess scene where they're in with all the, the princesses and there's kind of that self-referential humor mm-hmm. I thought was pretty, was, was pretty interesting. Um, but I, I agree with you that I think the lessons did kind of fall flat. I'm kind of re- recollecting now after, after your opinion. Um, I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, f- okay. So, so starting with that uh, princess scene, which I think was, Pretty pretty well done. Um, I'm a yeah. fan of of that scene mm-hmm. as a short, right? Because yeah. yeah. for me, uh-huh. that's that's how it works. It's it's a it's a short, right? Um, but the, the the fact that they go into oh my Disney, right? And yeah. they have all these IPs showing up. You have Star Wars references. You have Guardians of the Galaxy. You have Stan Lee. You, it's like, dude, I, I get that you are basically the boss of everything in yeah. this entire media world, but give mm-hmm. me a break. Come on. That's, that's one thing I definitely thought while I was watching it is like, oh my, and I, I think about this anyway, but oh my gosh, you know, Disney owns everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Disney, and I, I, I like Disney. I mean, I like um, watching Disney movies with the kids and Disneyland and um, Disney World and all that. Um but you know it is it is weird seeing so weird star so i mean weird. especially star wars because and i know that star wars is you know a huge part of disney going forward um but when we were growing up star wars was kind of at its lull you know i mean for us for our childhood it was kind of um and it it was always popular from the time it was released, but it was the time you know new movies were coming out. Um, Wait, so you're books. telling me you weren't a fan of the Battle for Endor? Oh, I loved everything Star Wars. <laughs> but actually, what is the Battle I'm just for messing Endor? with you. I'm just messing with you. The Battle okay. for Endor was one of these. I don't. I think it was a TV movie that came out um, with the Ewoks. Oh, yes. Okay. I. I yeah. Okay. The Ewok movie. I yeah. got you. Um. But no, it was it was so separate from everything, and Star Wars is you know a huge reason as to why I'm into movies in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it, it does seem to cheapen it to have it just in with all all of this, um, and it, it kind of goes along. I mean, really, this has a cultural statement too. Um, in that, besides Disney owning everything, it also goes to the fact that we have access to everything all the right. time. Mm-hmm. And especially a big company like Disney is going to want to make sure that they can maximize their profits and make everything as accessible to you as, as possible. So I think there might be an unintended message there too. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I liked, I'd liked it and I liked the first one much, much more. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think if if they could have done the the internet circumstance in a way that would have been a little less. I mean, I thought some of so I, I know that it was overdone with the references, but I did like some. I mean, I liked um, a few of the different YouTube 
type references. Um, yeah. I, I thought him feeding the pancakes was a little much when it, you know, the dog. <laughs> or, was it a dog or a cat? It was a, I think a it was a rabbit. Wasn't it a rabbit? A rabbit. Yeah, it, it was, was a, a rabbit. rabbit. Yeah. And then the cat was across. Yeah. I thought that was, a, you know, a little, a little much, but, um, you know, there was a, a Fortnite the video me, the, in there. The meta, the meta commentary of the mother saying, uh, I thought you were watching this video. And then the girl says, oh, it's a video that I saw with a trailer, but it didn't show in the movie. Something like that. And then you yeah. see the and then you see the thing that's on the trailer. Mm -hmm. uh, dude. <laughs> okay. Wow, keep, Ralph, I'm, I was just looking up the, the numbers. Uh, Ralph is the second largest Thanksgiving opening ever. Which, yes, sir. Um, I guess it makes sense because it's going to bring in um, a diverse amount of people. You're going to have some adults, you're going to have kids, you're going to have groups. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but the thing is, I mean, I don't see myself watching it again. Yeah. Um, I, 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 could, I mean, at Wreck-It Ralph, we watch every once in a while. Um not because it's fun and it's funny yeah. and 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 the story just moves and along it's its own thing yeah it's its own thing and you know it it the new one kind of capitalizes it, it almost tries to capitalize on too much and it spreads itself thin um so it, the other thing is like are our kids gonna care about like ebay i mean i i had to see it by myself just that's why that. is ebay such a big part of this movie it, it, it was just, a huge part. It, it was just driving me insane. It was driving it was me part. insane. Um, and that was part of why I felt that this movie is not going to age well. I mean, it has too mm -hmm. many contemporary references, including real companies that influence our story. I'm not on board for that. You know, Wreck-It Ralph had the gaming companies, but not by name, but by characters and, and, and IPs. Right. Um, but th they were there as background like we've stated before they were, they were background for the world it wasn't there as part of our main story and i'm sure that there was some money that they they got for including this course because they're yeah. not gonna do that free yeah. Uh, yeah but um yeah i mean it I, I still don't think it's nearly as i mean the the emoji movie um is because i had <laughs> the kids um like it so okay. i did have yeah. i did have to see it Right, <laughs> they want to see it, and so I have seen it the whole way through, and it is really bad. Yeah. I mean, um, it's it might be the worst movie that I've seen. In a <laughs> um, it's well, thankfully, a, thankfully, I, I watched it as a rental, so good for you. <laughs> no, it's um, it, it 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 was it was really painful. Um, and so I don't know if because I honestly went into Ralph Breaks the Internet with pretty low expectations because I was, to me, it looked like the emoji movie from the, the trailer I'd seen, mm -hmm. you know, several weeks ago. So I don't know if, if going in with low expectations, maybe like it maybe a little better than I would have otherwise. Um, I, I just don't, I don't feel like it's a bad movie. I just, it's not. No. Yeah. That yeah. I, it's, it just, it's just kind of serviceable. Right. I, I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't love it. I, th I thought it was fine. And that makes me sad. That makes mm -hmm. me sad. Um, you know, a big shift in this movie is uh, the character relationships, like I was talking to you about before. Mm -hmm. So you have Vanellope and Ralph, who are best pals in the beginning of the movie. Right. And by the end, mm -hmm. they break up. 
Yes. Okay. And, and it's and, sad. It's like really heavy for a kid's movie. I mean, right. you're bummed out. But the thing is, you know, it kills me that a common trope in sequels is that you have to undo what you worked so hard to make in the previous film. Mm -hmm. So why does yep. a movie about finding your place in this world and learning to love who you are has a sequel where one of the characters is so selfish that she is just not satisfied with her awesome life? Mind you, she's a princess and basically in charge of her game. And she's willing to sacrifice her relationship with with her best friend because why? Because he's too clingy, protective, and and she she yearns for something more. Really, come on! I mean, you have your own game slash world, and you want more. And the thing is that the the movie sides with her. I I don't get that at all. You know, there's that scene where where Ralph tells her that he has the money to pay for the damn wheel that they're after. And they agree to meet at a certain place, right? Remember that? Mm-hmm. And, and what does she do? She stands him up. Yeah, right. she just decides after an awful musical sequence. I, I really wasn't a fan, not because of the song, but I, I just didn't care for the for the setting of that uh, uh, the racing game world. I, I just didn't like. Anyway, anyway, so. After the musical sequence, that, she decides to do whatever she wants and go into a slaughter race. That's the name, slaughter race. You know, yeah. she's a, she's just a brat, a selfish, ungrateful brat. I'm Which sorry. Drives, that's, <laughs> that's, that's actually a pet peeve of mine in movies, by the way, um, is when you have characters like that and then they are treated positively. <laughs> right. Like they, 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 they make, like they really screw over people in their lives And then at the end, they're basically either rewarded or treated as if that's a good. And I know they don't all have to be moral tales and all that, but that's something that really, really drives me nuts um, in movies. And it 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 uh, it was it was present here. But yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, I, I it could have been so much better. I hope that if they make a third one, that they kind of go. Oh, uh, I, I hope they don't make another one. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I, I love these characters, yeah. but I, yeah. I just, you know, if if they decide to go, I don't know, deeper than the internet, well, where will they go? They already visited the dark net. So what are they gonna do? Yeah, the, the dark web was kind of an interesting, um, kind of an interesting thing. And then like the ignore the trolls and and all that. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it just it, it had some weird darkness too, like the you know you're talking about with that but also you had the trolls and you know the negative aspects of the internet we're all mm -hmm. pretty well aware of that was that was all kind of there for the kids but um but that was fine yeah, you know because I mean, that's that's world building you, you have you have the uh the clickbaits and you have the clickbaits and 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 you know all these quote-unquote bad things about the internet but you know they don't form part of the story Right, they 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 help our 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 characters move along in their story, but they're not part of the main story, right? right. Um, and it, I think that the other thing that really bothers me about this movie is that it doesn't have a clear villain. Um, mm -hmm. And even though you don't you don't learn that Turbo is the villain of the first movie right up until the end, um, you 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 can sew it back together when you know it. And you and you look back at the story and you say, "Hey, so it was actually King Candy who was actually moving, all, pulling all the strings to 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 make everything worse for these characters." But here, you don't really have that. Here, it's almost like Ralph 
development in the first one is the antagonist. Yeah, they, I, you they know, destroy it. Yeah, well, by the end, you have the Ralph virus, which you know has to be big yeah. because this is, you know, this is a sequel, so everything has to be bigger. You know, first right. off, that that design was just ugly, plain ugly. Um, the concept of having Ralph being reduced to these bumbling, brainless, clingy clones—it just rubs me the wrong way. It's 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 like if he, uh, in the third act of this film was written by a, a, an angsty teenager who who's constantly complaining that their parents are are always worried about them. You know, uh, yeah. Well, was you're making written? crappy decisions. You know, you're was not it? owning. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just asking. Was it written by the same person? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I don't know. I don't know if uh, if they were they added a a, a a new writer. They have a co-writer, a different co-writer. Um, but it's as if it's it's a it's just like a teenager, you know. Who's, like oh, I yeah. said, they they're complaining everything, you know that that oh my parents are worried about me. Well, if you're making. Uh, not so wise decisions and you're not owning up to the end of the bargain that we established you're constantly complaining that you're not satisfied with your life which let me remind you involves a game creator around you i'm talking about vanellope of course yeah. i'm gonna be worried about you it has nothing to do with being insecure and i hate how they kind of tacked that on to ralph and said they they were seeing it constantly that he was insecure, so that by the end we would be like, oh yeah, well I guess I guess uh, I guess Ralph was insecure. I ah I call BS. I call BS. Yeah, and it, it weakens weakens the character. I don't know. Um, I I think it's 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 okay. Um, and I I wish that they wouldn't have done what they did. Um, I how did your kids feel about it? They liked it. Yeah, they liked it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I don't they think like the, like the comedy and the action, really, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I th I think it was a little bit too long, because my five year old was a little bit uh, you know squiggly by the end. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, anything else? Uh, and I'm I'm sorry to <laughs> to uh, bring this all on you and and air my frustrations with you. I, I've oh, talked no, no, no. I've talked to I my like wife it. about it. Um, she wasn't a fan either, but I haven't really gone into detail with anybody about it until right now. So no, I, it's it's interesting to hear your take on it, and I don't I don't I mean I really don't I, I find myself agreeing with a lot of what you're saying. Um, I mean, there were some nice. It was cool that they got all the the voice actors to play their actual parts, like the the Disney princesses were all the yeah. original yeah. voice actors and all that. That was pretty cool. Um, I did want to mention that, and I, I did think that the the actual overview, big big element of the internet. You know, when they're rolling around in the box like car things yeah. you know and they're they're flowing around like data i thought that was interesting and and the you know i i did like the reference to twitter as the the birds and the trees mm -hmm. i thought that was kind of a cool one um so there there were a, a few little things um here and there that yeah, i yeah like i, did, I said i, I mean like. i th i think they did a good job i think they did a good job with bringing this internet world and making it a tangible thing i just i feel like going into the internet was just flawed from the beginning but you know that's mm -hmm. that's just me that's just me 
Anyway, I think it will. I think it, I think that the kids will like that though, because the, I mean this this generation is. Uh, yeah, so... yeah, yeah, yeah. I I totally I totally get it. And like I said, it 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 feels very now, but then in a couple of years it'll feel right. really dated. I mean the first the first movie felt like I mean it definitely the kids liked it, but it was a little more our movie in terms of generationally this one was not our movie <laughs> right this was, this was not how how we really see things um, but even though even though wreck it ralph um has nostalgia it doesn't linger on it it doesn't right. it, it doesn't it's not part of the story because the story is about these characters and right. what they're feeling okay not not about the games they're part of but about them as characters And if you um, break that, if you don't care, if you break the, you know, the empathy towards the protagonist, you're gonna, you know, really screw people up. But I, I, I don't know what what. <laughs> now I'm really conflicted. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, yeah, I don't think I'll be watching it again, um, unless the kids force me to. Yeah. But I, I think that the first one will be a classic and this one will be kind of an unfortunate sequel. Though they'll definitely make another one though because it's made so much money. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I just hope that it's because uh, now that they've done the internet, you know, they've already made this gigantic world. I mean, is he going to go into like space next or, yeah. you know, like well, space. In space. <laughs> yep. That's the limit. Yep. Yep. Um, I don't know where else they could go unless it's, <laughs> I don't know where else they could go. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's too yeah. bad. It's too bad. Yeah, I won't be watching it until I get that Disney Plus subscription, and then the kids are going to want to watch it. And then, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> that was exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was fun to hear your take. I, I like to hear um, people give their honest takes on movies. So it was, it was nice to hear your take. All right. So, um, well, even though this movie kind of strayed. <laughs> from the whole video game concept, I still wanted to ask you about what video games have left a long impression on you. All right, here mm -hmm. we go. Matt, what's your number three? So I, my list of three games, um, I didn't actually have them in any order. Um, mm -hmm. on, but is there one that you want me to do first? Or? No, no. You just, whatever, whatever, whichever you want to talk about first. I'm gonna do, I'll do them in kind of chronological order. Okay. So Super Mario Brothers, um, I, I was really the game that got me into games. I can still remember, um, even though it was so so long ago, because my I'd seen like Atari and you know I just wasn't really into it. Um, but I I can remember going over to my neighbor's house and they'd recently gotten a you know a Nintendo and what, seeing it on the screen. Um, Super Mario Brothers, it was like, I could just tell it was different. It, it wasn't, it was so far beyond what Atari was in every way. You know, I mean, it's, um, it actually felt like you were on some sort of quest, like you're actually doing something rather than, you know, just accumulating points or um, but just how simplistic and, and Atari was a necessary step. I don't want to, you know, talk oh, too no, much no, de definitely. down agree, about yeah. Atari, but Super Mario Brothers was just something completely different. And it's still, um, you know, when I talk about game design, um, I always, I, I 
I spend quite a bit on Super Mario Brothers because if you go into the way they designed it, they were trying to make a game that you could pick up and play and not have to have any kind of tutorial and not have to really read how to play it. That The game itself would teach you how to play it. Um, yes. you know, and there's, there's so many elements, so many cool little elements in there um, that teach you how to play the game. Um, it's just so close to being a perfect game. And I, I honestly, I still play it. I mean, I still, I know it's simplistic and um, you know, Mario three and Mario, I just have, more to it but there's something really magical about that first outing of creating you know this legendary character that um has just had such a profound impact um on on the world and it's it, everything is so specific because if you read about the design of it the the uh, programmers were getting so irritated with miyamoto because he would be like okay let's we just want this tiny little tweak. And of course, back then, <laughs> the tiny little tweak was a lot of work to pull off. Right. Um, and this, you know, game was a huge part of how um, gaming even survived in the United States. So I, I Super Mario Brothers, just, you know, it's, I, I can't, honestly, this top three list was so hard for me <laughs> to do. <laughs> There's so many games, but uh, Super Mario Brothers was the easiest one to put on there for sure. All right. Well, I have to agree. My number three is Super Mario Brothers as well. Um, yeah, especially the first one, the original, but the, the entire series, I think, is mm -hmm. pretty fantastic. Um, I think my favorite is uh, number three, Super Mario Brothers yeah. 3. Um, but I have to credit the original one because, like you said... Um, Atari was in my household. My siblings, I have older siblings, so that's what they played. Um, and, you know, I was used to just watching them because I was too little. And then somehow, I don't know why, but my parents got me a Nintendo. Me, a Nintendo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was mine. And like I said, I was limited with, uh, with how long I could play it and all that good stuff. But... It was the first game that introduced me to a quasi narrative gameplay. Um, like you said, mm -hmm. you had you had a purpose, you had a, a, a like a quest to get to the end, um, and it was the first one that I could really play and compete with my older siblings. So right. and and the, it has a catchy tune. Mm -hmm. No, I think the music's a big part of it. I, I just think uh, I, I couldn't make a, a list of video games that influenced me that didn't have this game. Definitely. And the other kind of, you know, historical thing, and I won't go too into detail with it, but, um, you know, in 1983, the video game market completely crashed in the United oh, yeah. States. Yep. And Super that's Mario Brothers. Uh, that's when uh, E.T. came out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. E.T. E.T. The, was the video huge, game, the video. you know, huge, everyone returning all these games and um, the retail market just saying no more video games. And, you know, Nintendo took this huge chance and really Super Mario Brothers was the game that showed people that this was different. All right. So uh, you're number two. OK, so number two. And again, I'm going chronologically. Um, I feel like I have to also put the original Legend of Zelda. That was the game that like made my imagination go crazy. Um, I mean, again, it was 
much more advanced than Atari, but still there's a lot that you left to your imagination. And I, it took me, I mean, I was pretty little when I was playing. It took me years and years to beat that game, but I didn't mind because I just liked exploring. I just liked wandering around and finding whatever secret I could find. And, you know, maybe I'd progress through the game the way you're supposed to, and maybe I wouldn't. Um, Mm -hmm. But you, you had that freedom to kind of do whatever. Um, and just all the mystical elements is a really good balance of, um, you know, the, the, the characters and the weapons that you could have. And again, the design really creating again and a new type of game. Um, but I, I just, it was the same thing. It was the same neighbor's house. And, um, it was a game that I had, I can't remember if I'd seen it on TV or if I'd probably seen it in a store or something. And, um, you know, I really wasn't interested in in it then, but then when I saw my friend, my neighbor playing it, um, it was amazing to me, um, the way that he would, I, I remember him talking about it and saying, Oh, well, you know, you can get this, this magic sword and then you can get this ring and it does this thing and you can get the magic shield. And, um, you know, the idea that you kind of start out as nothing, but then progress. And then at the end of the game, you're able to defeat this huge evil thing. Mm -hmm. I thought was, was, was pretty cool. But again, it just, as a kid, I mean, it it ignited my imagination. I mean, I I was, I was playing like I was Link all around the house and backyard (laughs) and everywhere all the time. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it had a huge impact on me for sure. The, the, and again, I, the music. You mentioned the music. I have to, the music is impeccable. Oh yeah, yeah. It st- still resonates today, like like the um, Super Mario Brothers theme song. Yes. Um, I I don't quite remember the Legend of Zelda the original. Did it have a save uh, button? It was um, one of the, if not the first games to have a save feature. Okay. Because I I literally cannot imagine playing a Legend of Zelda game without the save thing. Oh, it'd be awful. It'd be awful. Torturous. Okay, so my number two uh, is Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Oh, great choice. I remember that there was a a community of, uh, at the video game arcade, I don't know if you had this experience, but every time I went to the arcade, you had these long lines of people waiting to play this game right and you took turns right if if you beat the guy next to you then the next guy comes in and you're still playing right mm-hmm. um and they used to put the quarters up on front saying you know i have next the, the i have the winner of the of, uh, of this round and i just i was just in awe every time i went to the video arcade i stood there in awe just watching because you know i only got a buck at most to play right um mm-hmm. And and sometimes I I even had to to split that with my brother. So right. It, so you know I I just watched. Um, you know I'm not mm. complaining. You know my my parents like I said had a, had strict rules concerning video games when I was growing up. But anyway, uh, I digress. So so watching people play, uh, being able to 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 do that on my own at my house was even better. You know that was the first game where uh, we really battled it out at my household and, and yes mm-hmm. it, it it led to, to games like mortal kombat which i'm a big fan of and virtual fighter but street fighter 2 there's just nothing like it and and when you finish the boss at the end you had a, a story to finish your character's narrative and i don't know it just felt 
it, it, it had the combos. It had the the the. You had to you have to know the secret moves in order to to make your your characters fireball or I don't know. I I, I think it was just great at the time. It was yeah for me it was revolutionary, and when it came Definitely. to 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 the game console at the home, I I think it was great. It was fantastic. It had so many different iterations. I remember the first Street Fighter which I, I bought as well, was really slow. And I just, I mm -hmm. couldn't understand why it was so slow on my Nintendo. And then when I went to the arcade, it was so fast. And then they came out with a Turbo and then the Turbo Ultra and then the so many different iterations. Yeah. Um, but, yep. you know, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed uh, every single one of them. So, yeah. No, I, I Street Fighter 2 um, is, I have a huge, I mean, I, I love Street Fighter 2. Um, it, I, I, again, it goes back to childhood and we didn't have YouTube. So you learned about these things, you know, from your friends, they would, right. they would tell you, tell you about them. And I remember hearing, um, oh, there's this new fighting game, you know, out at our, ours was called Aladdin's castle. Um, hmm. that's what the arcade was called. And, right. um, and I remember there were times there's this new fighting game. And at the time, I really hadn't played a fighting game I liked. So I was like, oh, whatever. Um, but it was when they started describing the characters. You know, there was one, a couple of guys that could shoot fireballs out of their arms. And um, there was a guy that could breathe fire and stretch his hands all around. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, just describing that was like, oh, wow, these are actually, I want to, I want to try this out. Um, and then of course going there and having again, probably a dollar like you did and getting beaten really quickly, it, <laughs> it was, it, it, and again, you don't have YouTube, you don't have any way of seeing it. So that like brief moment of excitement is just so huge. And we actually never owned that one, but I'd rent it. I rented it quite a bit. Um, and I, it was amazing. So yeah, street fighter two, great game. What's your number three? So number three, um, skipping ahead quite a bit um but final fantasy 7 uh had a really really huge impact on me it was um i remember i got it with christmas money and um got to we had a, a snow day and that's when i really got into playing it on a snow day but the thing about that game is that it's it's very unusual i mean you, you start out and you're basically a terrorist you're um you're on a, a bombing run to bomb this um, reactor with this kind of uh, revolutionary group. Um, and you, you really get thrown into this world where, um, you know, it's, it's such a, you know, the game takes like 72 hours. So it, the, the story gets pretty complex and convoluted a little bit. Um, but it was such a well-designed world and the, the characters, were so great and the, and the pacing where it would reveal just a little bit and a little bit where even though it took forever to beat it, it didn't feel like you're ever in a point that you were just kind of spinning your wheels. Um, and it, it, the story still, I actually, we had to, um, in my undergrad for the religious studies, the last class that we had to take was the same for the grad school students. And so we had to basically write sort of a thesis type paper and we had to, um, do an analysis of different elements that we, religious theories and things that we discussed um, in uh, 
either a religion or whatever we chose. And I actually chose Final Fantasy VII because um, there's a lot of really interesting choices they made in terms of story. Um, basically, there's tons of different religious um, themes and elements from all sorts of different. And of course, when I was playing it, you know, in seventh grade, I had no idea. But mm-hmm. um, learning what I did later and going back through it, you know, the main character, Sephiroth, comes from um, Jewish mysticism, the uh, the tree of life, the the, tr- the branch for power is called the Sephirot. And um, he, and then there's this like overarching kind of more powerful figure. And there's like this ancient race. And it's just like, I, I could never ever in the time we have explained or make sense of the story. Um, but it, it's the first game that hit me really hard emotionally because there's and i mean the game came out in 97 so i don't feel like this is a spoiler but there is a a main character (laughs) that dies um and it she dies really suddenly and you've you've really developed a bond with this character and at this point in the story um it 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 makes it seem as if she's the only one that can actually stop the antagonist and so when she dies it's like Oh my God! This person that I was close to died, and she was the one that was that could actually defeat the main guy. So it it, it really kind of um, hit you emotionally. So, but it's it's that game is is just huge to me. They're actually remaking it right now. Um, yeah, I heard. And I, I I I'm kind of nervous for the remake because I'm sure the idea I have in my head is much better than it actually was and will be. But. <laughs> Um, I'm still going to probably play through it if I have some time. Well, I was never really into Final Fantasy, but I do remember uh, this game being a big thing. Uh, I remember a bunch of friends of mine were playing this game and talking about Final Fantasy. Um, so my um, my experience with it is basically from hearsay. And what I know about the game is that it was... Monumental in the RPG gaming world. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of RPG, uh, my number three is The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time. Oh, great choice. So you have time travel, which is always mm-hmm. great. I'm a sucker for those. Um, the cinematics, you know, when this, this game... Um, it's, uh, I think it came out on the 64, was it? Nintendo yeah. 64. Yeah. Okay, so they started doing these animatics with the Nintendo 64, which were pretty cool. Um, the graphics were great. The music was fantastic. And not only was the music from the game great, but you got to play it where, while you were playing, um, which was also a cool part of, of the game. Um, mm-hmm. It was my first... RPG because I mean this is considered RPG right yeah it's an action okay. RPG so it's definitely okay. RPG family okay um, so I had never had the experience of uh, going on quests um, I, I really didn't care for the original Legend of Zelda uh, just because I didn't find it fun um, I was more into the side-scrolling type of games mm-hmm. um, and I just I, I, I saw these people playing uh legend of zelda on the game boy and I, I don't know i just i never i never really um found it interesting until i started playing this game 
the cinematics in this game as telling you the story it's it's you're basically watching a mini movie unfold while you're playing um mm-hmm. and i think that the mixture of 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 mediums here is pretty cool um it was my first experience uh with this cuz you know you you had your castlevanias where yeah you 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 you're done with a stage and you maybe get some text explaining what happened which was cool back then but but here you got to see it you got to experience it like like a mini movie and that was great mm-hmm. um you you uh you were able to play as link uh when he was a kid and then as link when he was a grown up and you have different um different weapons different skills when you're little you get several skills when you're big you get other skills and not only that it's the first game where i was um introduced to an open world game um mm-hmm. e- even even though mario 64 has that uh that feel where you could quote unquote go anywhere this game has different quests so it's not only like mario just get the star beat the bad guy and get the star in this game it, even though you have your own quest to beat the bad guy and go to the next level you can also go grab some chickens and put them in the chicken coop and you get rupees and you can and you can go to the store and buy some potion and right. you can just go around and wait for the for the day to go by and you see the sun come up and the sun go down and then something different opens a, a new store opens i just found that really fantastic um and it was the first game where i was literally uh not up until uh, until 3 a.m in the morning but i was a good two or three hours straight playing this game i agree with everything you're saying it was a fantastic game for sure all right well um those are our top three if uh you have if you guys have uh, your top threes please uh be sure to send them into our email or you can just tweet us so now that uh, we're wrapping up to our listeners, if you are in the Topeka area again, please be sure to check out the inaugural Washburn International Film Institute Film Festival, which is happening in April 11th through 13th. You can find us on Twitter at Media Review Pod. That's Media R E V U E Pod. Or you can just send us an email with questions, comments, and suggestions to MediaReviewPod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to subscribe to our feed and rate and review the pod. Matt, thank you again for doing this. Um, It was pretty cool talking to you again after all these years. And um, I know uh, that you must be tired because I'm pretty tired. It's pretty late. (laughs) So um, I feel like after 30, like after 10, I just collapsed. Um, so, so, uh, how can, uh, our audience or the people in our audience, uh, reach you? Do you have any, uh, social, uh, media? Yes. Twitters? Pretty much on everything. I'm, um, Breakman X, which is B-R-E-A-K-M-A-N-X. So Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, um, whatever social media you're, you're involved in. (laughs) I'm uh, pretty much there. And then the, the, filmfreeway.com slash Wi-Fi Film Festival WU. Um, people can, we're accepting submissions now. So if people want to start submitting um, their projects, that would be awesome. 
Well, there you go, guys. This is your chance. All right. So thanks again to Matt for being our guest today. And now to end on a positive note, after my thoughts on on the movie, to all our listeners out there, go and make something. Express it, live it, feel it. But please, please don't forget to breathe. Till next time, we're out.